Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Sitting here with Thomas B. Dorian. Yes, sir. Number 58. Thank you. And, uh, of course, Ziggy Rodriguez, Sam Ziggy Rodriguez, is here. That is correct. I am here, too. Your voice is a little hoarse. It is. Yeah, it's terrible. So uh, a lot of people don't realize Sam is actually, it's a very rare thing, but Sam is a, he's a caller for Swedish Square Dance. It's like a, you're an aficionado of... I didn't know there was a. Oh, oh yeah, no. Hindi, 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 hindi. You know, <laughs> you were like, and you were just like calling like crazy. I guess last night, and and so now you've got the horse voice, but that's okay. We still want you here. Next time uh, you do that, let us know. I would actually pay to see that. Absolutely. I'm so <laughs> yeah. sorry you guys missed out on that. Yeah. All right. Now, you Thank know you. what's so funny is there's a lot of people Googling Swedish square dance right now. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So we have an interesting show today because like we, this is an interesting time of period because mm-hmm. we fall between the Christmas and the New Year. Right. Right. And it's always been like uh, pretty much everybody's on vacation. Everybody's kind of like mom's going around with like a garbage bag. You know, just throwing things away, and you know, and and dad's kind of just I don't know, not doing much, but sit there in that chair watching football and whatnot, and yeah. you know, did that was that terrible that picture? But that's like that's, that's pretty accurate. Was, that's the way it was when we were growing up. Now maybe accurate. it's changed a lot now. And the women are watching football. You know, more that's wonderful if they're if they're doing that. But uh, but <laughs> but the whole point is, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting time, right? And we've just finished Christmas. We've just finished all the exchange of gifts. Right. Which tends to be for so many people. Now we're talking to our audience. You know, we're above the fray. Mm-hmm. Right? We're 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 all very spiritual people, right? And so we all know the real true meaning of Christmas. But we can all kind of get caught up in in that and all the fun of gift giving and exchanging and whatnot. But we thought we would do a show about the essence of gift giving. What giving and receiving? What are we doing there? And so even though we've exchanged a lot of gifts. There might still be a few that we have to exchange, but maybe we would see this as like a, a moment of reflection, mm-hmm. right? What, what, what is the essence of gift giving? What are we doing when we give gifts? And so, you know, we've come up with some things to talk about that kind of focus on that, that maybe will be something that will be helpful to you, even with what you have left this year. But maybe next year as you start to ponder and think about what you're going to do in terms of gift giving, but... I think the first thing we would talk about is, well, first and foremost, the Christmas season is not over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know most people in the world, uh, not again, not our loyal, wonderful listeners, but most people in the world have already, if it's a live tree, it's on the curb. Right. December 26th. Yeah, it's, it's on the curb. There's a lot of trees that show up. Now, some people, like, they want to hide it or whatever, and they don't want you to know they've done that because they don't want to be one of those people. But they do want to be one of those. It's a fire trap, right? You don't want to have that tree drying out in your house got to get rid of it and move on to the next thing some people will leave it up until you know january 1st and new year's day and some people will leave it the full you know christmas season which ends at the baptism of the lord and so yay for you if you did that mm-hmm. but in that context we have to understand the christmas season is not over which means that if gift giving and receiving is part of the christmas season mm-hmm. then the gift giving and receiving is not over Mm-hmm. Right, and so we need to kind of stop and think like, well, there's still some gifts to be exchanged amongst who I will talk about. 
But just that concept and understanding that, like, it doesn't all boil down to Christmas morning. Right? There's so much focus, especially, especially if you got little kids. There's so much focus on that morning, and I understand that. But if we want to step back and sort of, like, I don't know, reevaluate what we've done with our gift giving. Right? So maybe the first thing we talk about beyond, it's like, hey, the season's not over. It's not done. We don't just like, it's 364 days to Christmas, you know. It's like, we're not going to think like that. We're going to think like the season's still going. Mm. So first and foremost, in that context, what are we giving gifts for? Why are we exchanging gifts? Right? And and I think that a lot of times we, we kind of know, but do we actually realize that all of those gifts essentially are reminders of the greatest gift given to humanity, right? Jesus. And so if we're exchanging gifts, it's, you know, we can talk about it's because the wise men brought gifts or um, when we exchange gifts, it's like the same thing. It's like birthday for Jesus and we're giving him gifts, but we're giving them to each other. And it's like, I, I know, but gift giving is common to this season, but at the core and at the heart of that gift giving is Jesus Christ himself. And that's something that sometimes we forget. So when we're buying um, whatever terrible video game where you slaughter the masses in the video games, you're thinking like, is this a good gift to give like for Jesus's birthday? <laughs> and and so I've just challenged some people out there, you know, uh, and it's like we have to think like, why are we giving gifts? And do those gifts reflect what we truly believe? Right? Mm. That's a challenge. That is so a challenge. you like, what did you do? Buy a bunch of neckties or what did you do, Sam? Well, um, no, he didn't give any gifts. I know this is what he's come now. He's doing, he's doing the tap dance. Do you see it, Tom? Do you see? He's, he's over here going like, job. I haven't bought a single gift, and I'm not giving one. You know, I'm cheap. I understand that. The gift of your presence. That's right. Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, as I think about what you're talking about, what it comes to mind is intentional giving. Yeah. Okay. And with let's say you've got somebody in your life who uh, has some gift or talent that's been unrealized let's say maybe they've uh, always wanted to be a Hollywood screenwriter like Tom like Tom there you go let's say Tom has always wanted to be a Hollywood screenwriter well his is a ballet thing he wanted to be a ballet dancer I wasn't going to go there but fair enough <laughs> yes okay so there's this person you know who I wants was going to write hair but it's already been done yes exactly. <laughs> get it yes uh, yes Tom's got perfect hair you so, go. so you've got a person that, that has always wanted to be something has a has a drive, a charism, a desire, and a gifting associated with that, but they haven't really ever made a move in that direction. It's always just been, oh, maybe one day I'd like to write a screenplay. And maybe you've even heard what that person would write if they were able to write a screenplay, and you think, gosh, that'd be a pretty good movie. This person has real talent, and then you, where they haven't taken a concrete step towards that, you take a concrete step on their behalf where maybe you do some research to find out if someone wants to get started as a screenwriter what are the resources that that person really really needs in order to get going and then you make a meaningful selection as to what that would be and then you are buying it for that person well once you've done that probably the least important aspect of that gift is the physical gift itself the actual buying something at a register and wrapping it and handing it over the thing that's most meaningful is the fact that you took the time to think about what's special about this person what do you value about this person what do you love about this person what do you feel led to encourage this person to do and what concrete steps can you take 
for that person to guide them along. All of those things, the 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 actual gift that got opened was the like the least important aspect. And the fact of the matter is, all those other things, like yeah, maybe Christmas and birthdays are the days that we reserve for actually opening a gift. But literally every day we're called, as you were saying, to self gift, and and being intentional about oh, our relationships. I think that's wonderful. Now, I will say that I agree with everything you said, except for that intensive research you do about people. Because someone might look at that as like kind of like creepy stalking, don't you think? It's like, (laughs) you've got like six pages of notes about me, you know. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish what you said because it's true. I, I think that when you give something to somebody that you think that they're that you see a quality in them that you want to bring that quality out, there's nothing. That's that's beautiful. It's a beautiful sentiment. It's the kind of stuff that, honestly, it makes us cry at the end of the Hallmark movies when they open up that present from the, 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 the grandma that's passed on, but here's this present. And they open it up, and it's like, oh, you always wanted to be a whatever. And it's like, grandma gave you this thing, and she must have known. You know, but, but it is beautiful because that's really, that's really putting into focus what you just said, right? This idea of intentional gift-giving, and that's the key word here. And you can even do that. See, here's the thing. If it's for, like, your boss at work, Mm-hmm. Right, you don't you don't want to have the uh, you don't want to do the six pages of research. <laughs> <laughs> that will not be taken well. But but you can look at that boss, say, well, what am I going to give them? What you know, and and a, a fast shortcut is, what would I like? What what is what is a part of me that I can give that person? So mm-hmm. if if I if I bake and I'm really good at making a certain kind of cookie or pumpkin pies or whatever. And I make them one. That's a, that's like a gift of self mm. that you, that you thought and was intentional. I made you what I'm good at, and I, I'm giving this to you because I think you'll appreciate that. Because sometimes we don't know, and we don't. It, and there's kind of an odd thing where you don't know the person well enough, but you want to give them a gift. Maybe everyone gives a gift to people and your your coworkers, and where you don't know them that well, still that kind that intentional gift where you actually think about it because that's something that. I hate to say it. There's a lot of jokes you see, uh, like even families, you know, uh, where so someone they're op- it's Christmas morning they're opening up gifts and 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 your you know brother opens something up and goes, oh, thank you, Jeff, I really appreciate this. And I'm going like, hey, wh- what did I give him? You know, to my wife who bought the present. Right. Well, that's not the kind of gift that I need to be giving my brother. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not for me. It's my wife did it. So we got to get my brother something. So then she goes and gets him something. And that's why there are more neckties than there need to be under trees. Because what do you get him? I don't know, you know. But this idea of stopping and thinking mm-hmm. about that. I mean, I, I remember one gift that, that was always kind of fun. Um, my wife and I love to go out. We don't get a lot of opportunities, but we love to go out for a steak dinner. She likes steak. I like steak. So I went and bought some gift cards to like four or five different steak restaurants. But then I went down to the local grocery store, the Kroger, and I had them like shrink wrap it into one of those little meat trays, a little styrofoam white meat trays, you know, with a little sticker on it from Kroger. That's awesome. And, and it's like, so it's the steak. So it was like, it was this thought. And so she still remembers that. That's great. You know, and, um, and, and then there's another time that I gave her a gift um, that was a bracelet. You know when you go to the mall in the in the day when I used to go to the mall, I haven't been to the mall. I don't know if do they still have malls. They may have them. <laughs> but there were these places that would always engrave things like this, you know. And so I bought this little bracelet and I had, you know, um uh one Philipp- Philippians one three on it, which uh, is a Bible verse that essentially it's Saint Paul to the Philippians saying, 
basically he's I'll, I'll, um, he says every time I think of you I thank God oh. so, so, so that's a personal gift to my wife and she still wears it to this day I don't know how many years ago maybe 15 20 years ago hmm. that she got this thing that she still wears those are the kind of gifts I think that intentional giving because that's the gift that keeps on giving right that's the gift that is that eternal that there's an a, aspect of eternity to it mm-hmm. so thinking about what you're giving somebody is so vitally important because you it could be you um like sam you're saying to 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 draw something out of somebody that you see in them mm-hmm. maybe they don't even recognize themselves mm-hmm. right and then it also it can just be something that's going to be they're going to look at that and and always think like okay I'm I'm loved. I'm uh, God loves me, and I've got a place in this world. I have a meaning and a purpose, and that's a great gift. Thinking all of, about thinking all of this together, it seems to me that one thing that a lot of us might not be doing before we go and get a gift is praying first. Everything you just described, I'm sure yeah. that prayer was a part of it. And I think if if our spiritual life is supposed to be. Uh, self-gift and it's supposed to be a response to a prompting by god you know then let our gift giving also be a response to a prompting by god amen and so we're reviewing maybe uh in retrospect looking at our gift giving practices and what we have done maybe what we haven't done what we can maybe improve upon and uh and also uh, we still got some christmas season left certainly you can still uh, take back all the other gifts you've given them that were that were heartless and and, and meaningless you know take them back and then and give them the gifts that have meaning uh, or just give them more gifts. I'm sure the kids would rather have that. But that's not that's neither here nor there. Uh, we're going to continue this discussion on the other end of this break. Um, and, but before I do that, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And then all that social media jazz. Yes, like us on Facebook and uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And please share our posts. All right, beautiful. And so if you want to hear more about Swedish Square Dance and gift-giving... You'll want to come back right after this. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. It is the understatement of the millennia to say that the very early church proved to be difficult and trying times for believers in the Lord Jesus. Not only were they considered outcast by the Jews of their day, but Rome had obviously set her sights on the fledgling church as well. In fact, even while many of the original twelve apostles were still alive, countless Christians were being martyred by the Roman authorities for their newfound faith in Christ and his church. One of the worst enemies of the early church was Emperor Nero. The year 64 AD proved to be the height of his persecutions of Christians. This is a year that Rome burned, and two-thirds of the Eternal City lay in ruins. It is said that Nero might have set the fires intentionally so that he could rebuild the city as he saw fit, or that he simply wanted to create a reason to gain support from the Roman citizens for his persecution of the church. But regardless of why the fires were started, Nero needed a scapegoat, and he blamed the early Christians. He soon began a bloody rampage of persecution, torture, and death the likes of which had never been seen in Rome. Many non-Christian ancient historians have documented the unusually gruesome deaths that were perpetrated on these early faithful. Many were crucified, many dressed in animal skins and thrown to wild beasts for entertainment, 
and tradition tells us that some were even used as human torches to light the streets of Rome. Regardless of the means of death, the Church fondly remembers each of these first martyrs. Called the proto-martyrs of Rome, their steadfast love of Christ, even in the face of a cruel death, would stand as a shining example for Christians for nearly 2,000 years. While Nero's goal was to supplant the Christian movement and stifle the growth of the Church, his actions ended up backfiring. The proto-martyrs showed that they were ready and willing to share in the suffering, death, and ultimate resurrection of Jesus. This served only to inspire and motivate the persecuted Christians. In fact, the more the Church was persecuted, the more it grew. No one knows the exact number of martyrs who paid the ultimate price for their faith at this time in history, but their gift of witness has made a lasting impact on the people of God. The Catholic Church has dedicated a site in Vatican City in their honor, the Piazza of the Proto-Martyrs. Their feast day, celebrated by the Church Universal, is June 30th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in Church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here talking with Ziggy Rodriguez and Thomas Patrick Dorian. Hi. Hey, he says. And so here we are uh, still talking about, like, giving and receiving, the essence of the gift, mm-hmm. and how maybe we need to rethink what we've been doing and how we've been doing it, especially in the past. Do we get caught up in the commercialism, right? Do you remember that? <laughs> what am I quoting, Tom? <laughs> Come on, it's Miracle on 34th Street. There's That's a right. lot of badisms in this world, but That's one of the right. worst is commercialism. <laughs> so we, do we get caught up in that? You know, and we ourselves, as as holy as we are, we go to Mass, we're doing all the right things, and yet sometimes it's like this: this how we deal with gift-giving can be problematic, and we don't stop and examine it. So uh, we've talked about, certainly about, intentional gift-giving and, and this season of Christmas, and, and it extends far beyond Christmas Day. But also, just I, I want to go down a path of like things that get in the way of our gift giving, and one of those things is when we give with the expectation of receiving. Now, I have fallen. <clears throat> excuse me, my own Swedish square dance calling is catching up. Yeah, so I I I've fallen prey. I think sometimes to thinking like I'm going to give so and so a gift, but I'm kind of thinking I'm going to get one back. So is that actually a gift, Ziggy? Is that actually a gift if I'm expecting a gift in return? I know, everyone already knows the answer. Right. I think actually Jesus addressed this pretty directly, right? I mean, if we're, if we're going to do good to others just so that they will do good to us, he says, don't the, uh, I think he says, don't the pagans do that? Yeah. Or something to that effect. And that, you know, at that point, it's an exchange. It's a, it, it's a contract. Yeah, I got contract written here in my notes. It's oh, like okay. it, become, it becomes a contract. It's like, I'll give you this if you give me that. Mm-hmm. Right? We do that in family all the time. You know, and basically we just exchange things. And it's like hopefully, you know, we get the same thing or something better, right? But it's like, you know, but but is it a gift anymore? Well, it's not freely given, which is pretty important for or, love. Or given from you, out yes. of you, right? It, it, it's, not a, it's not a self-gift. Right. Now, the, here's the thing, you know, we can't, we can't uh, not give gifts at Christmas because Deacon Jeff said... If you're expecting something in return, odds are, if you're going to get something in return because every time you give something to grandma, she gives you something back, 
you don't say, no, Grandma, I don't want a gift. You can say it, but Grandma's still going to give it to you. Maybe an ugly sweater, but it's still, she's still, she made it for you. She's still going to give it to you, and you've got to receive it. But what we can do, we can't change that. But what we can do is change our attitude in the gift giving. If we give an intentional gift, if we give it from ourselves, right? And we, and we, and we think about, we pray about what we're giving and why we're giving that. And then if we get something in return, which in a lot of cases, you know, you probably will because we exchange gifts, then that's okay. But if your point of giving a good gift is that you get a good one in return, how many times have we given something? It's like, man, my, my gift was like 50 bucks, mm-hmm. and uh, this has got like a clearance sticker on it. You didn't even bother to pull that off. You know, it's got like a damaged thing on it or whatever, and it's like, I got ripped off. It's like, no, you didn't. I mean, you're building up treasures in heaven. That's the whole point of gift giving, right, is, is, is part of that process of giving of yourself as Jesus gave himself on the cross. And so if we use that as our standard, well, you know, then you'll gladly accept whatever gets put in front of you, even if it's a fruitcake. Well, well fr- frankly, one hey, thing no, I like fruit. <laughs> one thing that comes to mind also is maybe asking God: Are there people in my life that are going to be lonely over the holidays who may not receive any gift from anybody? Yeah, maybe a homebound person who's a neighbor um, who's going to be easily forgotten and. You know, you might say, gosh, I don't know what to get that person. I don't know anything about them. Well, you said a fruitcake, cookies, whatever it might be. The gift would be knocking on their door and having that encounter of saying, hey, I'm setting aside some time. And I just wanted to reach out to you and wish you a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holidays. And uh, I just wanted to spend some time with you and let you know that you matter. Yeah. So and, and you're going back to that. Uh, that thing you were saying before and and what's so true is that whatever you give somebody that ultimately you're giving them yourself yes right this is a gift of you to another there's a guy that i see every year i go to lords when uh, i'm blessed to go it's like the seventh or eighth year in a row that i've gone to lords and i see this same uh guy from bolivia named mauro bertero beautiful holy man right and every time he sees me he says Excuse me, Deacon Jeff. Hold on, hold on one minute. And he runs into a store and he buys me something. Mm. And he comes out, I'm giving you this. And it's like, that's so beautiful. You know, but it's like in in his culture and, and what he does is when you greet someone, you give them a gift. Mm. Right? But the little rosary, the little $3, $10, whatever rosary that he gives me, it's like I treasure them. Because it's like it came from him, and it's it's his intentionality in giving me a gift when he sees me. It says so much about our relationship. He also sends emails at every major holiday. He sent me an email like and, and, at every like tragedy. I remember the the Boston Marathon bombing. Hmm. Wow. He said, you know, praying for you and your country in this tragic day. You know, so he he's like, there's like there's an intentionality. There's a thought. He actually is thinking about me mm. and that's beautiful and do we do that or do we just want to rack up the gifts and so when we're when we're when we're giving gifts and expectation of receiving gifts essentially we're just giving gifts to ourselves mm. right and so i'm going to the store and i'm gonna go like yeah i'm gonna i'm getting in the gift swap but i'm gonna make sure i pick my own gift because i'm gonna get something good it's like well dude you don't even need to be in the gift swap Mm-hmm. Just buy something for yourself if that's what you're trying to do. But ultimately, we we don't realize we're actually doing that when we expect something in return. Now, that's not easy, Mm-mm. right? I, it, it's going to be challenging, you know, for, for us to do that kind of thing. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's easy for us to be always thinking about this self gift idea. 
Well, in a way, it's an act of self-gift in itself to say, Lord, I recognize within me that I'm expecting something here. And this, this could be with any act of self-gift yeah. that we might be doing and saying, Lord, I place this on the altar and you know, I surrender it over to you. It starts with the prayer. It starts with the offering. Yes. Yeah. And so another thing about uh, this, in, this gift-giving idea, giving and receiving, a gift by definition must be received. Mm. And I think sometimes we far too often don't realize that Jesus gave himself to us as a gift. Right, and we don't ref- we don't receive him. Think of all the all the blessings God has piled up for us under the tree, and we don't even open them. Mm-hmm. Right, so we need to receive the gift. And that, again, that's not easy. We want to take charge of our lives. We want to own everything. We want to we want to be in charge of things, and and we want to know where we're going, what we're doing, and we want to be in control. And the reality is, Jesus has given Himself to us. The greatest gift ever given to the universe was Jesus Himself. Mm. Right to reconcile us to the Father, right? Total self gift of Jesus, and we just need to receive it. Mm-hmm. So that that part is like if we if we got what what we got left of the Christmas season, maybe we, we concentrate on receiving the gift. Absolutely, or even uh, you know we were all those of us who are confirmed Catholics who are sealed with the with the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy of Spirit. Of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, when we were in eighth grade, some of us were positioned to really understand and receive that. But if you weren't back then, and you never really stopped to say, in the name of Jesus, I received the gift of the Holy Spirit mm, confirmed to me yeah. at, 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 at confirmation. I asked to be renewed in those graces, Lord, in that mission that you have for me by the power of the Holy Spirit and by these gifts. So, so when we receive those sacraments, and I think sometimes that we put up walls, we receive the sacrament and the graces are kind of sitting there, right. dormant, waiting for our actually receiving them. Yes. Right? So not necessarily at baptism, because we receive them on behalf of our parents' intentions, but in intercessions. But here, like in confirmation especially, that's something right now you can make a renewal of your vows of confirmation, right? You know, I'm going to take these gifts, I'm going to use these gifts, I'm going to accept these gifts, and I'm going to be transformed by these gifts, and now I'm going to go out. Right? Hey, so so it's New Year's. We, we make all these resolutions, right, to lose weight, to whatever, and we, we fail, Mm-hmm. miserably over and over again so this year new year's resolution is to commit yourself to receiving the gift and to give intentionally and i think it will change you it'll change your relationships it'll change the world amen and now let's so. thank mary for the great gift she gave us in her son hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy, holy mary, mary mother of god, god pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now at the hour of our death, death. amen, amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.